Yes, Master, I am eminently aware of that. Let me teach him that to stay alive is true suffering. For all eternity, he will pay for the grievous sin of injuring you. He will suffer unceasing despair, anguish, wounds which can never be healed. A wonderful show is about to begin, and you will perform as the star attraction, Vash the Stampede. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. I did it again. He's the man behind the curtain. He's Andrew! <laughs> yes! I send lots of emails and, and, and tell people what to do. That explains your giant green head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Power yeah. Rangers! No, wait, wrong no, reference. No, no, no. I know, I know your reference. Bring me, the, bring me the head of the Wicked Witch of the West. And those shoes, they'll go well with my collection. He'll show no mercy. He's Bill. Oh, you know what? James Franco even played him. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and I'm a persistent bugger. I'm Josh. I can't believe you called yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows what it means. I don't. I know he definitely. But I'm persistently bugging him. No, that's. Yep, we'll just we'll just go with that. Let's go with that. Hey guys, quit touching my ear. So remember the preacher conference where the one guy is going, "It's buggering time." Yes, I do actually recall that. Pulling his belt off. Yeah. So, guys, episode twenty-one today of Trigon out of time. Ominous. Oh, okay. Well, this has been tuning Japanese. No, nah, stop! It's not even your exit. Uh, so that's a pretty good exit, though. Uh, so you gave him an opening. I, ooh. <laughs> uh, so we should not give the bugger over there an yeah, opening. You should probably, probably should. That's why I'm hiding behind the curtain. Uh, so well, you know, it is uh, seven fifty-five. It is time to take off my pants. God damn it! No, it was eleven o'clock at night when it was time for you to take off your pants. That's how it always was. So here's a side story before we get into nerd news. Back in the day when Josh and I used to hang out, like, for some bizarre reason, Josh would just, like, happen to look at his clock and be like, oh, 11 o'clock. And just would stand up and take off his pants. And I'm like, what are you doing? And this became a running thing. Uh, where every time I- we we're hanging out, when 11 o'clock rolled around, he'd be like, time to take off my pants. Like, it was some sort of weird ritual. Well, I'm like, well- is this my cue to leave? Like, what is... <laughs> The first time was just to fuck with you. Just yes, it was. And then you, it just became because a thing. you reacted so well to it, it became a thing. It's yeah, a, it's, it's bugger a time. Oh lord! Uh, so oh, college years. We've got a really interesting. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's. I mean, <laughs> I, I, broke I mean, I mean, that is a time of experimentation. Yeah. But uh, so we've got a lot to talk and about. Yet this you've episode. never touched a vagina in college. Well, you were supposed not to that experiment. time of experimenting. <sighs> so you're a gold star gay. I am. Were you born by C-section, so you're platinum? No, I was. I think I was okay. born. I, was I not, just learned these terms. I was not born. I was not McDuff. He, 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 I, was, I was not from a, from a woman unkindly he ripped. He didn't see the cervix dilate and go, nope. <laughs> Lord. 
Uh, Jesus Christ. So, let's get off of this topic, and let's move on to our nerd news, shall we? And I'm going to start with the nerd news this time, because Bill is dying. Uh, so... My nerd news this week has to do with another video game. But guess what, guys? I'm not going to talk about the Nintendo Switch this time. And it's not about Overwatch. And it's not about Overwatch. My news is never about Overwatch. Uh, when no. are you going to join the fun? I thought about downloading it the weekend that it was free. The free and I, weekend. And I never yeah. got around to it. That's okay. Uh, so, no, this week I'm going to talk about a brand new release for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox and for Steam. Uh, it is Tekken 7. Woo! Thank you for that slightly delayed woo. I appreciate that. Uh, so, Tekken 7, for those of you who don't know, and I think we've talked about Tekken on the podcast woo! at some point before, we had to have at least mentioned it, is one of my all-time favorite video game series. It is, if you don't know, a fighting series. Uh, and it is, we, as we talked about before on, we were on air when we were testing out a little bit Tekken 7, it's probably, <laughs> thank you, it's probably one of the most technical fighting games there is out there. If not the most technical fighting game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a chess match. I mean, you're, you gotta really know what you're doing, how you're doing it, how the opponent's gonna react. Yeah. Spamming the same moves will only get you so far in Tekken and not for playing Eddie. Exactly. And even not for very long with Eddie, I mean, as earlier today, uh, proved. Yeah. It's true. Uh, you know, so it's one of those games where they haven't had a new game in a while. They've been, this game's been in uh, development for a long time. I think, Josh, you kind of summed it up really well earlier when we were playing and saying, like, wow, I'm surprised this still feels like Tekken because a lot of games over time will change and will change and will change, but Tekken still has that core kind of combat feel. Right. You know, something like Mortal Kombat over the years has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, That's my combat. Even Street Fighter. Even Street Fighter, absolutely. Tekken has stayed fairly consistent. Uh, And I think that's to its positive. Mm-hmm. I think it came later, though, too, so it learned from the others. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely, I think it learned from some of the mistakes that were made um, from some of those earlier fighting games, you know, your sure. Virtual Fighter and, 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 and Mortal Kombat and such. It's kind of a shame, because Virtual Fighter was probably the, the most com- comparable uh, analog. To, yeah, I uh, mean, yeah, especially early on. Yeah, because, I mean, it was very much centered around being... Knowing how, when to hit, and, and finding the combo, opening, and combo, and absolutely. as opposed to, oh, hey, I got this one special move that will go across the screen, yeah. and I won't have to get hit ever. Yeah. It is, I've only had a couple of hours of gameplay with it so far, but I'm really enjoying it. The level of customization is a lot of fun. Cool. Um, you know, we, in past Tekken games, they have, you know, you can change the outfits of the characters. Now you can do all kinds of other customizations, not only with characters, but... Um, with like even like your look of your screen or your health bar, just little things that are kind of fun, just just little additions. You know, there there's your traditional arcade mode, there's your online play, there's your you know local versus play. Uh, but the one big thing on this one is they added a really robust story mode, which I'm really looking forward to digging into. I'm probably going to be, I think I'm going to stream the story mode uh, on Twitch because I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's definitely so far a really great game. Uh, mm-hmm. Some interesting new characters as well, and we can, I can give you a little bit more of a rundown at a later date once I play it a little bit more. Well, we've definitely gotten uh, hands on with it today. Uh, Bill and I, especially, has, like been able to play it for what half, half an hour, half an hour, hour yeah, something like yeah. That. And as you said, as I stated, it felt like a Tekken game. As Bill said, it's like playing chess, and we always came back to it because, in a lot of ways, we were trying to outsmart each other, and we've yeah. always tried to outsmart each other. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's a game that, even though there were a few of us that, you know, you would think of as being, like, the quote-unquote best players, it didn't mean that anyone else was bad by any means. Like, it was always competitive. Yeah, I mean, we could always hold our own. Absolutely. There was certain. I mean, 
ultimately, Thirk could kick the crap out of me. Right. Most of the time. But that's... But he had to work for it. It's true. 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 Absolutely. He, he, I remember when we had Tekken 3 and Thirk, like, pretty much lived that game for, like, three, six months straight. Like I said... Like every hour of every day he was playing it. And like I said earlier to my wife, I had a strategy guide I studied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I was getting the fucking college credit for it. Yeah, right. well, you should have the amount of time we put into those games. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's really good. The one other change that we have in the Tekken games is the addition of the Rage Arts, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of a, taking a little bit from the Injustice games, the idea of the super sort of moves. Well, even Mortal Kombat have yeah, the, yeah, the X-ray Nether, moves. Uh, Netherrealm. Yeah. Netherrealm's, uh... Yeah, Netherrealm in general. Uh, even yeah. Smash Brothers, like, like, that was something Smash Brothers always had, mm-hmm. like, oh, this I... idea of, like, um, Street Fighter too. games had, had, um, the, well, not just Street Fighter, the Capcom games have had the big super... Ultimate attack combo thing. That yeah, was but those were always small. super convoluted to get into, weren't they? Mm, not always. Like, when I had Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for the uh, PlayStation 3, surprisingly easy to get into a lot of those. Uh, some, yeah, like Akuma's, holy crap, is that thing uh, complicated? And they even translated it over to Tekken. Which is The same button combination yeah. even to do the damn move. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't always that hard. But I think it's uh, been something there that... Tekken kind of had to catch up to it yeah. a little bit. And we did one, and it looked interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bob's that I yes, did. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I just remembered just now something I did also want to talk about really quick with their news. I'll try to keep it as quick as absolutely possible so we can keep moving. But um, it was just released last night. Uh, news finally on, and I said I wasn't going to talk about Nintendo, but I totally just remembered this. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo f- just released their information on their online uh, service for the Switch. There was they kind of got some flack because unlike Sony and Microsoft, they never charged for their online service. But now they had already kind of talked with the Switch that you know, hey, we're probably gonna have to charge you for the online service, which, which is which was gonna be a hit. However, there was some news that finally came out with some specific things. It sounds like cost wise and what you're gonna get, it's not gonna be that bad. You can get an entire year of the online service. For twenty dollars, nineteen ninety nine, which is that's not bad at all. That's more. It's, it's less than half of mm-hmm. what like PlayStation charges for the PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus full year is like sixty sixty five dollars. Yeah. So on top of that, you not only get the access to online games and chatting. Um, they're gonna have an app that will run through your phone that will run the online chatting uh, and lobby. <sighs> but also, it's gonna have. What is what people are kind of confused right now because they aren't 100% clear, but the gist of what I'm getting out of it is there's going to be a Netflix style on demand gaming thing for some of the classic games, Nintendo and SNES right games. On. So that would be worth it, and that would be included in yeah, your $20 a year. And on top of that, some of the games will also have built in uh, multiplayer that you can play online. So, like, you could play the original classic Super Mario Bros. 3, but play two-player mode across the internet with someone else. That sounds fun. That would be cool. That, that, that is that is pretty that. neat. I So, I, I think that if this is the truth and what they're going through and how this is going to kind of wind up, I think this could be really big for Nintendo. Sounds good. All right. There you go. And that's my, that's my Nintendo nerd news. I apologize. Josh, what's your nerd news? 
Netflix has released a uh, teaser trailer for the Castlevania animated series. Hey, we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually sat down and we watched the teaser trailer. Right. Um, since you're bringing it up, Josh, what's your thoughts? I really, really enjoy it. Um, it definitely shows that, yes, this is going to, as previously reported, it's going to be based off of Castlevania 3, uh, which was the game that one had multiple characters. Uh, the character Trevor Belmont, mm-hmm. Alucard. Grant, the guy who could climb up walls and, and jump around all funny. What I really like about it is that, you know, it displayed all the characters, except for Dracula, which I'm sure is going to be a big reveal. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. The uh, animation looks gorgeous from what they've shown so far. It's, uh, it really did. It's anime-inspired, but I think it, it, it's still Western-animated. Um, it's kind of... I don't, don't want to draw too much from it, but it does seem kind of similar to how they've been animating the new Voltron series a little bit. I can see some a little bit of some that. minor similarities. Um, it but kinda, with medieval stuff as opposed I don't to know, futuristic. Like, I don't know. It did really honestly remind me of anime style. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really it felt more like an anime than it did a Western. Yeah, right. So. I agree. Well, that's what, what I say about the new Voltron because because that makes me think of uh, anime. Inspired. The anime on Voltron is is it's more over the top goofy though. Oh, fair like, yeah, it's a fair softer enough. style. It's not that. You know. It's kind of like uh, Teen Titans was. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Classic Teen Titans, not Go. Yeah, I'd and say that, Teen Titans. Ugh. And that drops in July, so uh, and I think it's mid-July, so that'll right. be pretty Next exciting. month. I, yes. I cannot wait. Next month. I'll have to first get through Orange is the New Black season, because that's <laughs> happening really soon. And yeah. then when that happens, I'm going to just be like, grab my girlfriend and be like, right, we're going to watch this. There you go. And it's going to be awesome. Bill, I'm really curious about yours, because you brought props. And... He's got this look. He does have a look. This is going to have to be edited. So what are those props for? Well, Pepsi has gone out on a limb this summer. (laughs) When don't they? (laughs) With some new flavors. Yeah. And I have tried them both. Yes. But I thought you guys should try them. Well, I'm very much interested because I know one of the two. I'm not sure about the other one, but I know one of the two I've been really wanting to give a shot. I know that I've been paying attention to the discussion. Oh, we're going to start with that one first. We're going to start with this one first. Because first off, we have Mountain Dew S.A. Mountain Dew S.A. This is, there's nothing more American than a purple soda. It is, it is a mix of the red Mountain Dew, code red. Okay. White out. Which I've never tried. Actually, I kind of like Whiteout. What is like, Whiteout? Have you ever had Squirt? Yes. Imagine if Mountain Dew made Squirt. Okay. Okay. It's okay. great. It's uh, great. With a lot, with okay, a lot well, of caffeine. The red and, and the Squirt gotcha. don't sound terrible together. Right. Okay. And then the last one is Voltage. I've never had Voltage either. Which is Raspberry. Oh, this is going to be awful. that might be why I don't like it. Okay. All right. All right, I'm ready Let's for this. Um, this here. Will from Pwn Stars and my mom. I'm just going to fill you guys up because I'm not going to drink this shit. Okay, that's fine. Um, Will from Home Stars and my mom both say it's not bad. They can handle it. I'm I'm sniffing it like a wine, and I like the aroma. Like, I really like the smell of this. Okay. Now, I will tell you after three drinks of it, I about retched and could not finish uh, the 12-pack. I I could not finish the can. That is a weird combination of flavors. Not terrible, though. That is just not a good marriage. To me, it tastes like carbonated cough syrup. Yeah, I couldn't. I could see that. Um, I could not drink a whole kinda. bottle of this. It would not be my first choice of drink, but if it was there and I needed something to drink in a pinch, um, and there was like something else I didn't like, or like a like a energy drink or something like that, like a monster, I'd take this over the monster. I bet you could mix this with something. I bet you could find some sort of alcohol to mix this with, and it wouldn't be that terrible. Mm, I don't know like, what though. Well, I suppose vodka, vodka. would be the most obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Vodka or um, gin. This would probably work good with gin. Well, you guys have already drank more of it than I could. 
It's it's not. I don't love it, but I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to go out of my way to purchase it. I'm glad I at least tried it. Like it's, it's mm, something. It, yeah, it is. I mean, well, I'm going to sip this during the show. I'm going to set this up here mm-hmm. and okay. sip this as we go. Well, right. You guys can set that over there. You can top yeah. yourself off. Yeah, as, yeah. As yeah as we'll top it off. We'll we'll, kinda, we, we'll do it as we go. We'll, we'll work it tonight. All right. Now, here we go. cup two. All right. Alternately. Uh huh. Now this one I've been really excited. about. This is the one I don't mind. I actually uh-huh. think it's pretty good. Okay. Um, I don't know if I. I've heard the name of it, but I, See, I, I don't I, know I, what, I, what it's I all about. I first heard about it when Sam, who, if you remember, was on one of our uh, episodes in reviewing Transformers. She was drinking this and was talking about it, and I was really interested. Okay. okay. I'm gonna sniff this like a wine too. Cheers. Kind of smells like a spiced wine. Like I can a hint of cinnamon. Maybe we should have gotten something to clear the palate. Oh. Oh, I don't love this. Are, now, are, see, you, that are, you was... sure, are you sure it's not interacting with the taste it of the may, other maybe, soda? Maybe it is, but... Um, take a big gulp of it. Okay, that was a little better than the right. second sip. All right, let me try this. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not... It feels... It tastes like Christmas. Yeah, that would... Kind of what I thought, actually. Pepsi Fire for summer seems a little odd. Yeah. Now, if this was Pepsi Holiday... If this was Pepsi Holiday... So it's a I lot, might lot pick of, up like a two, I would probably pick up a two liter of this. Yeah. So and there's like a lot of it. this thing's like loaded with cinnamon, like a, like an atomic fireball uh, and Pepsi. Had, yeah, I think that's had the most... sex and the, I don't know if that's it. It's loaded with cinnamon. And the splooge was this. I <laughs> yes. I think that this would be better with heavier cinnamon, mm-hmm. and if it was Coke. I think Coke and cinnamon would go well. Oh, I think so too. A little better. This, than is, this. this is not bad. It's not bad though. No, but no, it, oh. it's certainly not bad. I I can it definitely can be enjoyable. Drink this. I can I can I can definitely uh, take this more than I can the Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. I've got two drinks for the for the remainder of the podcast. Yay! Yep. We're not going to get dry anytime soon. Oh wait, but we're going to dehydrate. Yeah, it's fine. All right, Josh. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thumbs in the middle. Uh, let's start with the Mountain Dew. Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I'm, give a thumbs I'm, I'm giving a thumbs to this to the middle, as I said. Um, I think my uh, synopsis of it. I love that we're holding up our thumbs. Yeah. Like they <laughs> see us. We're taking this very seriously. You know, what? I was just thinking about this. What would have happened in a uh, Roman Colosseum if they did the thumbs up, thumbs down, and, and the uh, guy running it was just like thumb to the side? What's that supposed to be? Bring it back for round two. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're gonna have a rematch. That, 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 That's that what it's rematch. rematch. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, I think I'm sure Bill is a, a complete thumbs down on that one. Two thumbs down and penis shrinkage. I mean, oh my god, like Damn, a, like a bath of ice water. Oh uh, fuck, I can't handle. Uh, okay, Pepsi well, Fire. I'm gonna give a thumbs middle. I'm gonna give a thumbs up. Um, thumbs up. I, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take the Pepsi Fire. I'm a big fan of cinnamon though, so it's a word that if I keep saying it, I'm eventually not it, gonna be able to say it. It could be better. Yes, mm-hmm. before, but it's not bad. Before first round, that's pretty good. All right, folks. Let's that that is our nerd news. Let's move into our reviews. And this time, we're again we're reviewing episode twenty one, Trigun. We're running down toward the end, folks. It's uh, the final countdown. And you can tell that they have a lot of gung ho <laughs> guns to get. Thank you. They've got a lot of gung ho guns to get through. So, but you know, you got to get the pre bosses taken out. So you got to take care. We're gonna take care of three this episode. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, so we open. Uh, in a really strange-looking room full of massive, creepy, colorless Christmas lights, I guess? Right. They're kind of all strung together. It just reminds me of, like, a really, really... Like, they're either really small, like, in a, in a, Christmas, in like right. a Christmas-y decorated room. And the smooth murder jazz is being played in the background. Well, I love the murder jazz. It's my favorite thing in the no, show. No, not just, not just any type of murder jazz. Smooth. smooth. <laughs> 
It is very smooth. You gotta, you gotta I, say, I don't like you gotta smooth say, jazz. You gotta say it, you gotta say it like you're running jazz. silk across your vocal cords. God, I can listen to smooth, smooth. jazz all day long. Yeah. Uh, Legato and Mid Valley, the Horn Freak, which is again the weirdest name, uh, are talking. Weirdest, to... but also coolest name. <laughs> it really is kind of cool. It's like it was like somebody's rejected wrestling name, but a guy <laughs> took it and ran with it, and it worked. Yeah, exactly. So Mid Valley and Legato are talking to their master, and Legato asks to teach Vash that to stay alive is true suffering. So Legato, when he's asking and talking to, to uh, the boss, he's actually talking to an even bigger light bulb. Uh, and inside we have a naked, floating, upside-down knives. And uh, he looks kind of emaciated. Yeah, well. I guess he hasn't had a chance to eat inside this giant globe of water. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What is so funny? You got the giggles tonight. Why'd you give him sugar? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and caffeine! And I'm tired! Oh, good lord. Oh, God, this is going to be a fun review. Oh, uh, yes. This is okay. going to be something. Yeah, so anyway, he's emaciated. Knives smiles at this. Legato ends his speech by stating that a grand show is about to begin, and the main attraction is none other than Vash the Stampede. Once again, cradling his left arm. He does that, that's true. He loves it. Title card! (laughs) We're back to the seed ship, and we pick up exactly where we left off in the last episode. Uh, There we have have three gung-ho guns aboard, and they have to try to survive and get rid of and... You know, make sure everyone is safe. Murder um, shit. Yeah. We hear and see more of uh, the massive guy wandering around. There's a group of people who are complete Wait. idiots. So we see the big guy, uh, <laughs> and he's walking toward these people on the ship who, you know, say, Hey, guy. Yep. <laughs> Hello, stranger. We're, we're peaceful people here. Can we just talk? And they get gunned down. They get mowed down. By finger guns. They get finger banged. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn it, Josh. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Uh, the second gung-ho gun. I, I finally acknowledge him with a high five, but he doesn't solve it up. He can't hear it on the microphone. I know, right? <laughs> it never happened. Nope, nope, no takes you back. Nope, nope. Thank you. God damn it. Uh, the second gung-ho gun shoots another group of people full of bullets. Leonoff... <laughs> used to a new house. It's uh, crazy. Leonoff taunts Vash and Wolfwood. Whatever. Mongo. Mongo. Uh, <laughs> and the doctor is watching the monster's movements on his big screen, uh, which kind of looks like a game of Pac-Man or something. Um, Pong. Pong, maybe. If you it's Fong. Did you Fong. notice um, what was on the, the console with Dr. Fong? Medicine Woman? No. Oh. Sama! Yeah, that's going to be confusing later. We'll get there. I've got, I've got many questions for you when we get to the very end of the episode with regards to Kuronekosama. Okay. Um, Wolfwood marches off uh, to basically cause some murder uh, and warns Vash that his normal stunts will only lead to destruction this time. So cool. Yeah, so Brad kind of smarts out, kind of sm- like mouths off and gets all smart and <laughs> macho. But uh, Vash kind of stops yeah. him and he runs off. You, you, you know what? Your cousin law this problem here, Vash. Yeah, you, you brought us upon you, honest jerk. <laughs> You're a dick, Brad. You're an ass, Brad. God damn it, Brad. Damn it, Brad. Uh, we cut to uh, Wolfwood and Vash going on a shooting spree of all these puppets. Did you notice a scene where like you have you had those two puppets that were crawling on the ceiling? Yeah, that was yeah. creepy as shit. That was really cool. 
But of course, uh, Senpai does bring up, they're starting to run out of bullets. And Bill's comment, I liked Bill's comment when, when he started complaining about that. Oh, I'm running out of bullets! And I think that the animators are running out of money because there are a lot of scenes yes. in what? this episode where it's just like, oh, stills still? of people getting shot and they just pan the cell over. And yeah, see, no, like, I the definitely. Oh, that happens oh. a lot in this episode. Um, did they need to go home? Their home planet needed them? <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah, a lot of lot of cost saving shots as we get near the end of the anime. They're but probably... it looks it still looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's not it's not you know it, it's a cheap it's a cheap 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 tactic, but for some reason it still is cool. Yeah, it 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 worked here. If you didn't know that's what they were doing, it looked okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow one of the innocent people on the ship gets surrounded by a bunch of puppets. I don't know how the hell that happened. Vash goes through with his normal uh, goes through and shoots him until he runs out of his normal bullets. Then having to resort to his new built-in gun arm. So I was wrong last week. He does have a gun arm. Yes, yes. I, I don't, I I don't like our... I don't like the new gun arm as much as the old one. I I lo- I like it personally. I think it was pretty smooth. I think the hand swinging down underneath the wrist was just different enough that it was really unique, really cool. I I kind of like though the splitting of the of the hand in the middle and the gun coming out of the tube flipping over and and the and then it closing back up to hold it. Yeah, but then the the final result is just him holding a gun. True. But the final result was him holding a gun too. But it wasn't. It was his his he hand was pointing his wrist with his hand hanging <laughs> under his wrist holding a, a handle and a trigger. It, it did well, have a trigger too. I, yes, I assume the trigger cuz it's got a handle, but I'm just right. saying that I I just thought it was more visually pleasing, more unique. I liked it because it was kind of streamlined. And I think that's the reason why I liked it. Because the old, old one showed that it was kind of old and, and maybe even old and clunky. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the, to the upgrade, which is faster, more sleek. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade, but it's also it's a liability because this upgrade is something that is not properly weighted or just too forceful. Um, He's just not used to it. Yeah, I guess that is. But what's really cool about this scene is that when he shoots the gun for the first time, and it's all erratic because he's not used to the kickback, he still manages, this kind of shows again his level of skill, he still manages to shoot and kill several of the puppets, but not the innocent bystander. Yeah, that was pretty cool. He failed his role and had to take a consequence, and he chose the consequence of falling down as opposed to shooting the bystander. But But it's still not enough to save the guy. It's not. No. Except... Brad comes to the rescue. Yeah, it's like Brad, Brad Kia. Yeah, Brad comes in, shoots the puppet in the head, and oh, uh, we find out from Fong that the goal of the two gung-ho guns aboard the ship... As he keeps referring to them as demons. Yes, too, the demons. The demons! Vash, the demons are approaching the plants! It's not bad. So, yeah, they're... I, they're I don't talk as much on this show just because I sit here and shake my head most of the time. Yeah, if you got a visual <laughs> cast, like, I, I really need to just put a camera on Bill one time. And then just release the <laughs> video know, with no audio. The, the, the problem is, if it's a GoPro video and it's on Bill's head, it's going to be shaking the whole damn well, time. I, no, I mean him one at him. Oh, okay, one at him. Yes, that, that just makes to see more his sense. facial reactions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josh, just to watch my, just watch my expressions towards Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. Just sync it up. Oh my god, that would be so good. Anyway. So uh, yeah. the demons are approaching the the plant. Yeah, they they are heading toward the plant. You're absolutely right. And these plants are the only thing keeping the ship floating up above in, in the air. Wolfwood and uh, Wolfwood is facing off with who we will eventually find out is Gray the Nine Lives. And Voiced this, by no one. Yeah, because it's just a bunch of groaning and grumbling. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, gray. The nine lives is our samples of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. It was. It was uh, Darth Vader's me, uh, B material. Yeah, he rises up out of the ground, which is actually pretty cool because yeah. he kind of pulls himself halfway up. Wolfwood tries his gun, but comically, all Gray does is literally raise a hand. Great aiming, there, Senpai. But the problem was, was actually Gray saw Senpai, and he was like, Oh, hi, friend! Why? Th- this feels funny. High five. High five. Wolfwood dodges narrowly uh, some return fire from, uh, you know, those, those finger blasts. And bang, bang! <laughs> finger, finger bang! Finger bangs. Finger bangs, sorry. And uh, he rolls back into the hallway and <laughs> uses a fucking rocket launcher on the short end of the cross. Final configuration. That. Seems appropriate. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. This is why I say shit like Senpai is cool. Yeah, the design is pretty fantastic. Yeah. We go back to Vash. Back to Vash. Uh, they find out that apparently one of the gung-ho guns is six floors below, so Vash uses that old trick of let's shoot the floor in a circle below his feet and somehow the floor will crack and break down in a perfect circle below. High and nearby Looney Tunes. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, yeah, Looney Tunes reference. I, I just love his reaction, too, because yeah. he, 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 you know, he shoots the first hole, and he looks at Brad, and he goes, you just realize this is going to be really scary, yeah. and falls. He does. He falls, and as he falls, he then continues to make circles on his little platform and shoot down all through each of the six floors. Until he finally lands, which... Probably would have broken most of the bones in his body. Oh, everything honestly. below his nuts would have exploded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was fine. He was fine, because he's fashion. Oh, God. So, when he lands, he sees hundreds of dead people. And uh, these are people that obviously he knew before, because he lived here on the ship. And he starts naming all the people and crying. And it's really sad. Now, Urea... Or he was just naming them on the spot. <laughs> like, like when, I like, remember you. Uh, they, they uh, won't know. Like when our friend Ashley, that one time we were out to eat and she was naming her French fries before she ate them. Yes. And that was good. That was good. Your, your name is Eduardo. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will spare you this time. I think you told me that story back in high school. Pretty I'm pretty sure that was the genesis of Julio the bus driver. It probably was. Um, so, <laughs> moving on because the fans have no idea what we're talking about. Um, I barely know what you're talking that's, about. That's true. Uh, I may have some uh, records that list my AKA as Julio the bus driver. <laughs> so he only gets a moment to mourn as Hopart the Gauntlet shows up. Voiced by Jonathan Fawn. I thought he was going to say Jonathan Frank, so I was going to get excited. I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor no. Thomas. That's where my mind was going. And I got you excited? JTT? <laughs> Whatever happened You're down with guy? JT? He got gay. I don't know. Oh, he's gay? Really? He's gay, yeah. I had no oh, idea. Okay. You down with JTT? You know me. Hopart introduces himself as the third gung-ho gun and quickly raises Vash's ire for killing everyone. And this is where something interesting came in, I think, because mm-hmm. you talked about in, in the manga, you were pretty right. sure, and we're not 100%. And again, super fan Matt can tell us whether we're right or wrong true, on this. True. You think what from the manga? Uh, I think it, the way it was uh, described is that Hopart is a survivor of Augusta. And he's wearing... Vash's jockstrap as a mask. Yes, because he is in so much rage because uh, Knives told him you can't wash it. Well, he he doesn't you, he doesn't wash it because fu- he wants to keep Vash's scent so he can find him. Yeah, his Fermunda cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think uh, that's Vash's ball smell, but it taint. <laughs> Boom! Uh, so, oh, God. So, yeah, you think he's a survivor, which would make sense because he then goes on to talk about, he says, you know, compared to July and Augusta, 
The dead here are just a stroll through the tombs. See, see, every time he says that, I'm thinking Tiny Tim and, you know, tiptoe through the tulips. Oh my god, you, you do that way too well. And if any of our fans who are not 30, who are younger than 30, knows who Tiny Tim is... Good for you. Sorry. I will, I will <laughs> send you something. Um, <laughs> Condolence but, card. Yeah. Speaking of tulips, what do those mean in the language of flowers? We talked about that last week, right? Oh, yeah. Andrew's what become, red geraniums were. Andrew became obsessed with the uh, language of flowers, Bill, yeah, I, so what do tulips got? Hey, Bill, what are, what, is, what are tulips in the language of flowers? Tulips depend on their color. Generally, it means perfect lover, fame, and the flower emblem of Holland. Uh, so, Vash walked through Holland? Yes. The red ones are Believe Me and Declaration of Love, and yellow tulips are There's Sunshine in Your Smile. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. That, one, that one's great. I love the language of flowers. This is my new favorite thing. So yeah, you're going to quickly forget it after the next uh, season. Yup. Apparently, I'll, I'll never forget Excel, though. I'll never forget Excel. Apparently, that top thing that he has spinning around is called a goo terrier, so it's like a dog made out of goo. I was okay. just thinking, thinking a, a good terrier. Good terrier! Good oh. terrier! If it's some weapon reference, I have no idea. Yeah, it's a good terrier! I'm not sure. It sounds, it sounds German. German. It could be French. It could be. It could be. Uh-huh. I will kill you with my good terrier! We go back to Wolfwood. The dust clears. The thing is... seems dead. But no. 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 It's still alive. Fucking nine lives. And that's when, actually, Wolfwood realizes, Oh! You're gray the nine lives! Right. Which, again... To go back to what we've been talking about from a long time ago, it's interesting. Vash always has to have the gung-ho guns introduced to him. He has no idea who they are. Right. And Wolfwood's always just like, oh yeah, it's you. Yeah. Certain random gung-ho gun. I know you guy. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, More on that later. Then we get the best weapon, I think, ever. More finger bangs? No. We get peck rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking peck rockets are great. I think think Bill said it better. It's a... Tit missiles? Booby bombs? Tit, tit missiles. Tit bomb. Tit, tit missiles. missiles. You, you wanted to say peck bombs because uh, I can imagine right before the open W, you just hear... <laughs> I would hope so. I actually want someone to take that clip where the rocket, where the chest opens up. <laughs> just just his face flying out of it. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you hear, hear get, the open Get on that, fans. Wolf the foot. time has come. My time is now. You can't see me. I'm behind this cow. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a franchise. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't see behind this cow. I don't know. Um, Wolfwood. Okay, sure. yeah, it, it makes sense. Wolfwood then goes falling through the broken open floor that the rockets create, but manages to catch himself when his cross thankfully latches onto a railing. So cool. But then he's like shit, and he realizes that he's down there in the plant now. Oh, dick. Bad move, uh, senpai. Bad move. So back to Vash. Vash and Holpart are fighting it out. Shots being, you know, fired back and forth. Most of Vash's shots are being deflected by that sticky doge. The Boo Terrier. Uh, so... <laughs> oh, God. No. Wow. Uh, so we, we get a vocab... That, that, no, <laughs> no. What? No. No. It's it, it been a long time coming. I'm disappointed. In you. Oh, sticky, sticky, hey, hey, sticky I, hey! I saved you from Vader time. It's time. It's disappointment time. Oh, oh no! <laughs> That's the saddest thing ever. Uh, Brock Lesnar match. We oh, well, <laughs> that's who. We get a vocabulary lesson uh, about the word contradict. 
Um, something cool. about a spear and a shield breaking in battle. His shield, though, is invincible. It, it, it cannot be contradicted. I think it was the whole idea of the uh, a shield that will never break and a sword that can cut through anything. It's the no, uh, it was a spear. They talked about a spear or a spear. I'm but, sorry. But yeah, but either way, yes, a, a spear, spear that could pierce anything, a shield that could ne- never be pierced. Yeah. So my question here is: Vash being outclassed by this guy, or is Vash really doing his normal thing and trying not to kill this guy? I think Vash is trying not to kill this I think, guy. I think Vash is trying to read his opponent right now. He's trying to figure out the best opening. And it is a big fucking him. shield, so I mean, that yeah. makes it more difficult I not mean, to okay. just kill the guy. And... Talk to any enemy of Captain America. Getting hit in the face with a shield is not fun. You know what I bet it would do, Josh? What? It would probably break someone's nose. You know, break? Like a break card? That was that terrible. Was forced. Oh my god. <laughs> that was terrible. Hey, break card time. My name is Andy. Welcome back. I want to start off by talking about our one-year anniversary for the Questionable Endeavor Network. In June of last year, we launched QuestNNetwork.com and our network of podcasts with only a few podcasts, and now we've grown to having... About, like, what, 10? 10 podcasts on the network? It's ridiculous. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary with some crossover episodes on each of the shows. We have our first crossover episode. It's already been recorded and produced and is out there. I had the opportunity to sit down with Will and Josh, not our Josh, the other Josh on the network, from Pwn Stars. And we had a whole discussion about the history of Nintendo. And as a Nintendo fanboy, I had a blast talking with the guys about video games about Nintendo. If you follow our nerd news segments, you know how much I love Nintendo and the Switch. We have a crossover coming up from the New Blood Rising podcast, one of the other podcasts, of course, on the Questionable Endeavor Network. And Jason's going to be coming over to our show, and he's going to talk about a really important episode of Trigun, so I cannot wait for that one. To listen to the Pwn Stars episode and keep up with all the other podcasts on the network, go to questandnetwork.com. Once again, I'm going to mention the Patreon. Don't forget that during the summer months, every new patron will get you, the fans, a bonus episode on the main feed. So if you want some extra bonus content, some different reviews, make sure to head over to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese and help support the show. If you can't support the show monetarily, please go and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That would really, really help us. There's some sort of weird algorithm involved with numbers of reviews and numbers of stars and such, so that's a great way to help kind of spread the love of the show. You can also tell people about the show. Tell them to go to tuningjapanese.com or questendnetwork.com and go check out our all kinds of content we have. There's so many other things we could talk about, but let's get back to our review of episode 21 of Trigun after this quick little commercial. Sup, bitches? We're Pwn Stars, a video game podcast about developers, one host obsession with Genji's butt, and other random shit. Also, we give you gaming news that you probably already knew the fuck about. Who likes Genji's butt? Who knows? Just ask us. So join us every week for your dose of random gaming. So random, half the time, we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Josh, got anything to add? I don't do good with the short stuff, only the long stuff. That's what she said. Giggity. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and always on the Questionable Never Network. We're back. God, quit being mean to me. We're back. Are you still groaning about that joke? God, yes. yes. Uh, Not even the announcements on that break card were a sufficient palate cleanser. It still hurts like it was just two seconds ago. Yeah.
Like we didn't have a break card. Yeah, that we didn't actually catch our breath. We need you. <laughs> so we go back to Wolf. Meta Lord, joke. <sighs> Senpai? Yes. Uh, he's shot in the leg by a series of flying finger bullets. He then feigns passing out and shoots the ceiling, which causes some sort of corrosive substance to eat away at Gray's body. Oh no, it's one him. weakness. Yeah, I know. He's like, ah, I figured out your weakness. Shooting you with fucking acid. <laughs> like, what? How did, how did I not think of that before? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should have shot a- shot acid at you in the first place. Jesus. I initially thought it was pee-pee. It kind of looked like pee-pee. And if it was pee-pee, what the hell are those people <laughs> drinking on that ship to turn their urine into acid? Fireball. Oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Uh, another rocket then blows gray two bits. So, okay, I'm going to stop you right here just for a few, sure. few moments. and kind of Break uh, once Who again. Talking? Now, the big difference between gray and the anime and the manga is this. The anime has him as a giant cyborg. Yeah. And, which is pretty I don't awesome. know if he's even a cyborg. He's just a, a robot. I don't see any biological matter whatsoever. Right. In the manga, he's piloted by nine dwarves. Nine freaky little dwarves. Yeah, we don't like, get that in this version. Like, Gimli's or Tyrion's? <laughs> More Tyrion. As described in the book. We go back to Vash. Uh, Brad walks in on Hopart shooting the hell out of the plant. Giggling while at it. I mean, that last, not maniacal laughter. He's getting, he's. (laughs) Vash starts begging him to stop shooting, but of course Hopart just ignores him. Well, and and like, both Vash and Brad are like mortified by it. They're like, oh my god, this is like the worst thing ever. He's shooting glass. Yeah, and Hopart then turns his gauntlet into a drill. Uh, but Vash uses his gun arm to get an extra boost. I don't know if you guys noticed that when he jumps up, he shoots his gun arm to like kind of, Propel, uh, him propel himself faster. a little bit more. Because he's got all the extra power now. Exactly. And then he jumps over Hopart using Leonoff's wires. When did he get those? Leonoff has camera. wires. Like, it's, yeah. uh, it's just... I mean, you it, see it, the wires with Leonoff. But you don't really when see it until, when like, he's, the, when he's, like, like communicating, very... When he's communicating, you see yeah. him holding wires. Like a little red orb with the wires in it. But, right. Yeah, I agree that they're kind of... They could have established that there were ac- yeah. that they are actually puppeted by wires... By Luanoff, as opposed to, oh, he's got Luanoff's wire. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, it was Actually, a really dumb moment. If I remember right, when I first saw him doing that, and I didn't realize that it was Luanoff, I thought it was EGs. I thought it was EGs as well. Right. Like he, oh, you, because that he's was only yeah, saw with wires. That mm-hmm. would have made more sense. Like <gasps> he held on to EG Mind's wires. You know, like that, that would have been, been really actually cool. a cool moment. That would make Vash a corpse robber. Well, grave robber. Eh, you know. Uh, so... He looted the corpse. He uses the wires to hook up to his gun, which he somehow set up? I don't even know when he did this. Okay, Um, you know, it's it's the same way as how Spider-Man sets up his cameras to take pictures of himself fighting crime. No, because he was fighting with the dude, anyway. And Spider-Man does that, too. And yet there's uh, still a camera up in the corner somewhere that got all the action shots. Which he probably set up ahead of time. So, yeah, he uses the wires to shoot the gun from long range. And to shoot him from the side, so he disengages the gauntlet and sends him flying. Mungo. Brad tries to wake up Vash uh, and realizes that a lot of damage has been done to the plant. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. We go back to Wolfwood, and he's... I love how he's just, like, leaning back and smoking. Yeah. uh, Taking a breather. That's cool. Then the remainder of nine lives, his legs start moving. Okay, fine. He took him down to eight and a half. Yeah. Wolfwood goes to finish it off, but realizes that he's out of ammo. And uh, he turns to use his rocket, but then realizes, oh shit, it's too close. 
And then Gray gets down on one knee. And proposes to the plant. No. Uh, to release a knee rocket, which is a, another reference to, I mean, it's not an actual reference to Excel, obviously. I keep saying this, but like, it's a connection it reminds, to Excel. It, it reminds you to Excel because you want to see. Rope and Matsu Dose! Yeah, that's with the her thing. knee rockets! Uh, of, of all the things to remember from Excel. Uh huh. Robin Monster number I remember two. everything from Excel. I am going to throttle. Right I was now. thinking Air Guys. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably closer to what it, it actually. Is. I still want to. I tried to get them to install one of those, and they wouldn't do it. Damn it! Fucking doctors. Medical science. Come on. Yeah. Um, no, I gotta think about my Hippocratic oath. God. Wolfwood shouts as the plant blows up. On the surface, apparently the typhoon has stopped, and somehow Millie and Merrill were holding on the entire time. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Is Kuronekosama in this scene? Yes, Kuronekosama is there with them. How the fuck is Kuronekosama simultaneously there with Millie and Meryl and also up on the seed ship? Potentially a god. That or, you know, cats breed. A lot. A lot. That's true. That's you know true. what, you know what, man? Kuronekosama gets some tail and some strange all the time. <laughs> tail because it's a cat. It's strange because it's stray. Yeah. Apparently, Millie and Meryl were holding on for a very, very long time. They were more than just holding on. They were they were grasping a large piece of wood. <laughs> Stop that. Things are good for a second until they realize, holy shit, there's a ship that's about ready to crash down in this ah, town. Well, that's something you don't see every day. Back on the ship, uh, with Plant One down, the people realize the trouble that they're actually in. Ah, that's something you don't see every day. Brad laments the situation that they're in, and Vash yells at him for just giving up. What are you going to do, roll over and give up? No. Vash tells Brad to operate the controls while he goes to heal the ship with his magic, magic touch. A really fucking creepy thing is in the water, by the way. The touch is stuck in my head now. You got the power! <laughs> um, and all hell's breaking loose. We sued! Um, so... <laughs> there is a plant being or something in there with yeah, huge hair, a- surrounded by a giant circle, and it starts to revive. The power starts coming up, and inside we see this crazy fucking banshee-looking chick with ridiculously creepy yellow eyes. And Brad kind of looks at it and goes, huh, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> Basically. Uh, but then Hopart comes out of absolutely nowhere, knocks Vash over, and then destroys the plant. I guess killing whatever was inside of it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Pretty I think so. Much, yeah. Millie and Meryl watch as the whole structure kind of crashes down into the desert. Thankfully, not in the town. Crashes in the Narrowly desert. Narrowly misses it by, like, a mile. And somehow stands up at an odd, tilted angle. I don't know how it did. The whole thing didn't just collapse on its side. It was very bizarre the way that it landed. Uh, there are still two other functioning plants, though. So maybe it's keeping what's left of the power going and keeping maybe? the ship semi-vertical? Possible. Wolfwood thinks back to the harsh words uh, that the people kind of gave him on the ship. and, and uh, Man, feel, feeling like a dick there, aren't yeah, you, senpai? Yeah, he kind of feels a little guilty yeah. for what's happened to these people. Oh, shit, man, I didn't actually think it was going to happen today. Yeah. Uh, he then hears some commotion and finds Jessica tied up in a, in a room. Uh, well, that's probably the best way to find... Wait. Yeah, this part, I forgot this happened. Right. Uh, when I was rewatching yeah, the episode I did too. today. Yeah, And... It is an intense moment. It's, it's, a, it's a shocking turn. What, what's it about is a to really, happen. really good turn here. Because this part makes a lot of sense compared mm-hmm. to the fucking. He has wires! The crew starts freaking out because now they're stuck on the planet and they start blaming Vash. Vash kind of weakly says, I'm sorry, because you know, he just went through hell uh, trying to save them. But surprisingly, Brad stands up for Vash. 
Uh, he says, as part of his tirade, we're still alive, that's what matters. Yeah, we, well, and more Little than that, foreshadowing there. More than that, he's sitting there going, well, we brought this on ourselves, actually. You know, we mm-hmm. sat there and cowered in this ship, and we could have done something. We could have come down and helped people, but no. We decided to be little bitches and, get, and be all like, ah, so, we're so much safer, we'll always be here. Yeah. Well, here comes Jessica. <gasps> Jessica! And she's cheery oh, as always, but... Fuck me, please. Yeah, this is... If this she is... just stopped moving right now, I would appreciate it. Well... Or if she just shut well, up. Give it a minute. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wolfwood reveals the real Jessica. He's up... He kind of walks out the side of the ship. Another reference to Needle Noggin. He yells Needle Noggin. Um, and he's standing there with Jessica, who's huddled in a blanket. The other Jessica then... Creepily, kind of gets with kind the, of still. Its with eyes the bl- with the widened. blank eyes and yeah, the draws pu- pupilless eyes. Draws a gun and, and starts fires. shooting. And we get a really cool scene here because we don't know who she hits. Mm-hmm. We see Vash and Brad both freak out and a ton of gunshots. But Brad sacrifices himself to save Vash. Go, go, gadget, human shield. It's a very tuxedo mask moment here where like he jumps in the way of like giant shards of glass. I don't remember Tuxedo Mask ever getting gunned down. Well essentially. There are like at least three times in Sailor did, Moon did, where Tuxedo Mask jumps in Sailor did, Moon's way and takes like a giant did, shard of glass like the size of a steel beam. Did, Granted. Did did Vash just pull a Captain Hero? Activating the hero shield <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> oh damn it. So Leonoff realizes he failed. And we get probably my favorite moment from the whole episode. Oh, it's the best. Wolfwood comes flying in on that platform. Screaming at the top of his lungs. (laughs) You depraved lunatic! And? And fucking blows Leonoff up with a rocket. Point blank, Bill style. Holy shit. So legit. And then you get get a Bill line after it when he's laying in the sand. And then the thing slides away, like... The platform goes, like, leaning away and falling down. <laughs> and then I swear to God, Bill, this is also a Bill line. He's laying in the sand. He just goes, this damn job's killing me. <laughs> Love it. So fucking cool! Uh, and then we go to the aftermath. Legato loves what is going on. He says, oh, Vash, are you crying? Good. Good timing here as they find the dead puppet, which is really creepy. And oh yeah, that that image of the uh, Jessica puppet is actually really disturbing. Uh, it's very disturbing. And but then doesn't um, Meryl, true to typical Meryl, starts blaming Vash immediately? No, actually Meryl says nothing. Oh, okay. Meryl says nothing in the scene. Um, she <laughs> just sees Vash trying to tell Brad to hold on. We oh. get a series of flashbacks of Brad's actions, which is mostly <laughs> we, we realize is mostly Brad just yelling and being yeah. a general. <laughs> Bill, dick. Bill, yeah. what would have been uh, Vash's inner monologue if, if you were Vash? Oh, yeah. You're an asshole. Uh, <laughs> never mind. And then probably the saddest moment is Brad's final words and memories. Yeah. He, uh, he kind of reaches up and he kind of does that thing with his fingers, kind of like making a frame. frame. And he says, the ones who live outside of time, it really is amazing. My hands grew this big in 13 years, yet you haven't changed a bit. You're exactly as I remember. And then he, and then he goes, bang! No, he does not. <laughs> so diamond. Five. He does not. No. <laughs> but it, but not really, deep. actually, it really is a, a sad and, and kind of touching. It is. Well, not touching, but sad. It's a very sad moment because it's like, oh, he was a cute little kid. Yeah, that's why I had to be an asshole to stop feeling emotions. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really sad because Brad, Brad grew up with 
Vash, and Vash is, you know, and Vash is not really aging. He's, you know, he seems immortal. He does all these crazy cool things. And Brad comes to that realization at the end that he's just merely immortal. And this is his last moment. He's just thinking about how there are these other powers much bigger than he is. And it's it's kind of a sobering sort of tone. Yeah, it kind of gives you the whole insignificance of it all. Absolutely. Brad dies. Sad music plays. Jessica's crying. The final words we get of the whole episode are Wolfwood back in the desert, and he just says, Eternal pain cut at the end of that really sad scene. That's episode 21, guys! Out of time. Out of time. This uh, has been Tuning Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, well, thank uh, you. Thank you for pulling us out of that. So this was the second part of the two-parter. Um, I think, Josh, you did your thoughts on the last one. Works. Let's go with Bill this time. What are your thoughts? Much better than the last episode. Probably works better as a standalone than the last episode. Obviously works the best as a two-parter. And really all of last episode sort of like, okay, let's just get through it, pays off in this episode. I only other thing uh, to add to that is um, the big payoff actually is getting that moment of of sadness when Brad dies. I mean, he he was a dick. But then you see what kind of a character he was and that he, st- he, despite the fact how much of a dick he was to Vash, he stood by Vash no matter what. Right. And he, you know, even, even when he was bitching at him for fucking things up, he was still there with Vash the whole time. And it was, it was sad. Um, kind of, kind of miss that dick. Yeah. I, <laughs> I always miss that dick. Um, so. You always miss that dick? I always, I always, always. <laughs> <laughs> and I, my head just like just, no, 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 hits the no, bed no, on the no. side there. Whoops! <laughs> oh, <God>. Whoops! <laughs> Stop that! Actually, my punchline was gonna be. Ah, <laughs> oh, my eyes! Right. <laughs> my thoughts on my the ear feels funny. My thoughts on the episode. It's what? really it's... <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. My thoughts on the episode. It's a really good episode, but there are some missteps in this one. The lazy animation in some spots, I think take away from the intensity of some of the fight scenes. Uh, I think that the weird having of the wires never explained and, like, when he set up the gun, like, Mm. that took me out of that big moment. I like the idea of getting to see inside the plant and the creature that lives inside of there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. Uh, you know, you get to see Knives, a, a glimpse of him uh, as an adult here. Being a plant. Being in the plant as well. That was really cool. Uh, seeing the more gu- uh, the gung ho guns were were interesting, and yeah, the end, the end. You know, even I've seen this anime you know a dozen dozens of times, times, and it's that ending still gets me every still, time. Still gets you gets you the feels, doesn't it? Does it, it absolutely does? Oh, one last thing to to add, really quick, um, from the manga, Luanaf was actually a uh, citizen of the ship, and then left at some point. So mm-hmm. that was uh, that was also something that. Um, I want to say that in the manga, at least, they created more of a connection to Vash and uh, and the Gung Ho Guns, as uh, Hopard was uh, a victim of, uh, or survivor of Augusta, Luanoff was uh, the uh, survivor, or not survivor, but uh, lived on the ship and knew Vash, and I think there were a couple other, I want to say there were other instances, but I think that would have been a really cool thing to actually have been somewhat brought up, but I don't think they would have been, would have been time constraints to actually explore those those notions that the gung-ho guns add something to do with Vash in some way more than just a gang of guys that were hired to take out Vash. Yeah, they, 
in the anime, they made the decision to leave the gung-ho guns for the second half. And in doing so, if you're going to have so many characters like that, it's going to feel like, oh, there they are, they're dead. Oh, there they are, they're dead. You yeah. know, it's it's going to lose, you're going to lose some of that narrative storytelling ability when you mm-hmm. have to shoehorn them into like 13 episodes. Right. If anything, they might have been better off having less gung-ho guns and explore them more. Yeah, they could have cut some of them out. Mm-hmm. I would have been okay without uh, quite a few of them, actually. Right, honestly. right. Or like, even, even into each other. Yeah, like you've got E.G. Mine and Hopard, who are very similar. Right. Well, even uh, Zazie the Beast and Leonoff the Puppet Master. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Those are two that you could you, have absolutely... You could have had one little kid who controls puppetry and controls minds. Mm-hmm. Speaking, speaking of Zazie... Next week we're going to do episode 22, Alternative. Uh, uh, this and is, yeah. this is an interesting one. I rewatched this one today because I wasn't sure if we'd have time to do a second episode. I have some problems with this one that we'll talk about, but they also are some of my favorite character moments right. I in think, this episode. I think one of the best things about this this upcoming episode, and hopefully we'll, it'll happen again, is that it usually sparks um, a debate between you and I. I remember we've watched the episode numerous times, and we ha- are, di- are opposed on well, some of the viewpoints. We will get there absolutely next week. So until then, let's take it out. This has been Tuning Japanese, podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. And I'm a persistent bugger. I'm Josh. I'm the man behind the curtain. I'm Andy. And I show no mercy. You know, these really kind of paint me in a weird light. That's true, they do. I'm sorry. I guess I could have made you a bugger, but... No, I'm okay. Okay. I'm Bill. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. You know, if Brad wasn't hanging on the Bash, Bash just could have dodged those bullets. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Geek and Gamer Guild, Slasher Sanitarium, Pwn Stars, New Blood Rising, and our newest show, Words of Geekdom. changed a bit. You're exactly as I remember.